Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to Leroy's Library, Bangkok Lyrical Lunacy's weekly podcast where we cover our community, culture, news, events, and any relevant information regarding life on Earth and in Bangkok. My name is Leroy Janconius III, here to serve a soul-filling feast of poetry, music, and the rest of the collective creative output for members of our community. On this episode of the podcast, we will throw it back to last Thursday night where we held a power-packed open mic featuring the absolute force that is Bangkok Rising. We will take a listen to spoken word poetry performances from that night while at the same time learning the story of one of the most powerful and revered goddesses in Hindu mythology. So to kick off the lineup of poems on this week's offering, we'll hand over the mic to veteran lyrical lunatic Pooja Singh. Much to do in your mama's to-do list. She's shadow boxes with demons with clenched fists. The exorcism she holds in a bedroom every night is a testament for the world she wants for you. Tiny trickles of her sweat will moisten the ground that will grow strawberries for you. Like trickles of her blood that runs through your veins, giving you that iron from the iron-jawed angels. There is divinity in why you are not born yet. For she's been running marathons and climbing Everest to make room for you in her womb and in this room, so that the applause you get every time you create is not limited to the only time you procreate. You see, she's only trying to raise the gaze this world will take upon you. Her predicament is not recent. She walks a path laid out by corsets and petticoats of those who came before her. She walks in their shame. You see, shame, when you take it off, becomes the very wings you fly with. There is patience in how your daddy does not know he is chosen yet. Because picking a man apart might be easy, but putting a man back together is hard and with enough searching for picking a man apart might be easy but putting a man back together is hard and with enough searching she will find pieces of him that are smooth and strong like pebbles you see she wants to wear these pebbles around her neck instead of a diamond in her finger Although carbon might be a measure of how long it's been here, only pebbles will tell you how deep it goes. There is a search inside of her to find a village where thoughts pour out like mountain streams and get soaked up in these snaps and these screams where shamans have chased away the demons who might touch you wrong, where breasts of mothers are exposed and open for any child that needs to be suckled. See, I might birth you, 
but many will raise you with their good and bad hands. There is a tandem in your cock sure stride, for you are not the seed of one, but the sweat of many fathers who broke and glued and broke and glued and broke and glued your mother back together until the very furrows became the xylem and the phloem that over time makes timber as strong as it is. There is a thievery in how wide and high your dreams fly. See, your mother stole these dreams from your father, for she was not taught how to dream. Snatched off of pillow talks and long walks they took to clear his mind. Garbled and incomplete though they may be, she kept them as hers. And this is why she can't throw a left punch or turn right when she rides her bike. But you can. Yes, baby, you can. Thank you. The story we will be telling this week comes from the Devi Mahatmayam, a Hindu text estimated to have been written between the years 400 and 600 CE. The title, Devi Mahatmayam, translates to Glory of the Goddess. It describes a storied battle between the forces of good and evil. In it, the goddess Durga, along with seven of her incarnations known as the Seven Mothers, are all attacking the demon Raktabija, all at once in a variety of ways so as to overwhelm and destroy him. This blitzkrieg assault on the great and ravenous demon succeeds in landing many successful and significant blows to the beast, leaving the ground wet with its blood. But Durga and her seven matrikas soon discover they've only made the situation worse as they see that for every drop of Raktabija's blood spilt onto the earth beneath them, a clone has taken root and grown. How dare you ask me how I am, bringing back all those memories from so long ago. It's been 15 years, and now you want to know? We spent two years together when I was 22. Two years it took another two to recover from you. You bled me dry like a leeching cadaver. Not just by money, nah. You were clever. You reeled me in on a game of show and tell. Little did I know that you'd make my life hell. The sex was so exciting, you blew my innocent mind. You were my everything, but I was blind. Things seemed so good at first. Nothing could quench the thirst I felt for you or you for me. I overlooked the fact that you were fucked in the head. Or was it me who was crazy? Things seemed so good at first. Nothing could quench the thirst I had for you or you for me. I overlooked the fact that you were fucked in the head. Or was it me who was crazy? I would go to work and you wouldn't. <laughs> I tried to encourage you, but you just said you couldn't. We would party all weekend, drink and get high. Everything seemed okay then, but it was all a lie. In our false sense of euphoria, we'd talk about how things would improve. 
how our connection was so special and unique and you'd prove how your love for me grew every day and I'd say the same but then in the cold light of day you'd treat me like shit and shove me away. The time you started to fight with me in a bar, you started shouting and pushing me but you went too far. So I pushed you back and the bouncer saw. He grabbed me and threw me out the door. It was raining and you had the keys. You had the money on you, so I had to freeze. I wanted to go home, but you still hadn't come out. They wouldn't let me back in, and I started to doubt whether you'd ever join me in my pathetic endeavor. When you finally showed up, it took you forever. I was relieved to finally see you, but when I called out your name, your look turned to one of hatred and mine to shame. I stood there frozen to the spot, but I knew what was due as you charged at me with your fist raised shouting, I'm gonna fucking kill you. In shock, my reaction was automatic. I just hit out to defend myself, but the result was emphatic. I looked at you in horror as you lay there star-shaped on the floor. The smile on your face of satisfaction I'd never hit anyone before. So many times before you taunted and bullied me saying that you could. You'd finally broken me. You said you would. It was a torturous ride home, but I managed to stay silent. It took everything I had to prevent you from getting violent. When we got home, you flew into a rage. You smashed the place up. You should have been in a cage. I sat in the corner watching the destruction, but that was not enough for you. You were intent on interaction. You looked at me with eyes not heeding the broken glass on the floor and your feet that were bleeding. You came at me with full rage. Stop, I begged. You're supposed to love me. So, here you are asking me how I am. Whenever before did you give a damn? It's been years since I've thought about all this. Horrid anxiety mixed with what I stupidly thought was bliss. And now you use Facebook to message me out the blue. What did you seriously expect me to say except, fuck you? <laughs> As we return to Durga in the midst of her battle with Raktabija, we find a confused and overwhelmed Durga facing off against a horde of his clones in what seems like Hercules' battle with the Hydra. The battlefield becomes increasingly filled with duplicates as Durga and her seven matrikas hack and slash away. In a final attempt to turn the tide on this arduous battle, Durga consolidates all of her power and strength then, out of the surface of her forehead, fierce with a frown, emerges Kali of terrible continence, armed with a sword and noose and skull-top staff, clad in tiger skin with a garland of severed heads decorating her neck. Kali's appearance was very appalling owing to her emaciated flesh, gaping mouth, raging red eyes, and her tongue that lolled out as she filled the regions of the skies with her deafening roar. 
Kali dropped into the raging bouts like a storm surging onto the beach. Storm. Storm that is crushing within me, that is sucking till the last breath I still possess, suffocating my throat, blurring my mind with tormenting thoughts, anguishing my emotions, overflowing from my heart, impressing to be released from this body that too hardened has become, that too much had to contain, that too often risks to break down. Storm, the dust you bring with you has blinded my sight. I can't see, I just feel, and this feeling makes me cold. It was once warm, the serene lay within, and an eternal dawn became the home of my soul, of my smiles, of my peace. Now there is wind, all moves, all is uncertain within, all is blowing, crushing, bouncing in the temple of my being. I became a slave of this torment, enchained to this column that so strong cannot be eradicated from the ground. Oh, I have been enslaved before. I have been within that storm that disorients, that splits and hurts, like the small flakes of ice scattering on my face in the frozen land. My scream was loud, yet no voice could ever be heard. Those unspoken words lacerated my labor, that bent in half was too stressed and incapable to digest the emotions. The storm infiltrated abruptly in my mind, colonizing it, not leaving trace of the apparent tranquility that before resided in that mysterious place where the interplay of mystical forces challenges my rationality and my identity. Restless ocean waves crush against myself from every direction. There is nowhere to look, to escape, no traced path ahead of me, no lighthouse signaling the presence of a near harbor. The salt of my tears burns, obfuscates every certainty, then impassable, I just stop. I am, I stay, I sit, I close my eyes and abandon myself. No more resistance, no more thinking, just being. I am in the womb of the earth, of the mother, of the nature, bathed in those warm waters that dilate my nostrils, open my lungs, and soften my muscles. The storm silently fades, evaporates through my pores, and disperses itself in the smoke of a vapor that embraces myself as a ritual of purification. I open my eyes. It is dawn. I smile. I'm home. Thank you so much. Kali dropped into the raging bout like a storm surging onto a beach. She danced gracefully around the swarm of demons that she set upon, slicing through them like a champion B-girl tornadoing through her opponents in a dance battle. She dances on their bodies, consumes them all, and licks up each drop of Raktabija's blood from the earth so that he doesn't duplicate. 
Durga summoned Kali in a last-ditch effort to finish Raktabija off and certainly succeeded in this aim. But having consolidated all her power and strength to bring Kali into space-time, she relinquished any control of the nuclear force she amassed. And as a result, Kali continued the bloodbath after slaying the demons, killing any form of life that was swept up in the path of her storm. The momentum generated in her dance against the demons was too great to be stopped, and Durga and the seven Matrikas appealed to Shiva, the lord of destruction, to put an end to this raging rampage. When I look in the mirror, I see... Beauty and flaws. Someone who pretends to be strong. A woman who is on the cusp of finally accepting herself. Power. When I look in the mirror, I see... Imperfections. Someone beautiful inside and out. A woman learning to mend a broken heart. A fighter. When I look in the mirror, I see... A strong... Independent woman. A woman simply trying to cope. Me in an adult body. Loneliness. When I look in the mirror, I see. Someone I love. A body that is never good enough. Beauty. Someone I don't even recognize anymore. When I look in the mirror, I see... Strength. Someone else. A woman with experience. Me. Just me. As Kali is in the midst of a killing frenzy, the world trembles and sways under her force, and Shiva, who also happens to be Kali's consort, is called upon to stop her. But Shiva is far wiser than to engage her in battle, for he knew his power was no match for that of Kali, who personifies the unfettered destructive force of which he is merely an agent. Shiva understood that direct combat with Kali would only result in an endless cycle of destruction, so he placed himself on the ground among the slain victims Kali danced upon. Kali tramped Shiva's chest and was caught off guard when this chest didn't cave and behave like the rest of the dead chest she stomped on up to this point. Curious? She looks down at the floor to find her lover caught in a windmill of kicks. Sudden realization dawned upon Kali as she snaps out of her violent reverie and feels regret for having gone too far and hurting her lover, sweeping him up in her fury whilst he stoically absorbed each blow. Think of Kali at this point as if she was Bruce Banner after having woken from a Hulk smash-a-thon. But now that she's come to her senses, Durga is able to absorb and reintegrate her and continue her quest to overcome evil. What I wish I had been taught about sex is that it should always be consensual. 
that it doesn't have to hurt the first time. That you can be a woman and be with other women. What consent looks and sounds like. The use of condoms, sex toys, Woo! different sex positions. <laughs> Bird control. What I wish I had been taught about sex is that it is a sacred practice. That you have the right to say no, even to your partner. Where the clitoris is. <laughs> and what it can do to your body. Who knew? <laughs> That masturbation, lady pleasuring, pussy hacks. <laughs> nice. Nothing. I had a great education and parents who taught me that sex is healthy and normal. That is so much more than the physical act. <laughs> that sexual orientation isn't binary. It can be a sliding scale. The emotional aspect of it. How to talk about it without shame. That love and lust can be confused. Good sex is when we do it with mutual pleasure. Rewind! <laughs> Good sex is when we do it with mutual pleasure. Good sex <laughs> is when we do it with mutual pleasure. What I wish I had been taught about sex is that gay sex and love is natural. More about gay sex and lesbian sex that it changes relationships. That there is no shame in having sex before marriage and no shame in having multiple partners. Yes. <laughs> that there is no shame in having sex before marriage and no shame in having multiple partners. It's complicated. <laughs> that you have to be able to make yourself orgasm before someone else can. <laughs> that you have to be able to make yourself orgasm before someone else can. That labeling women and girls, sluts and whores, isn't acceptable. What I wish I'd been taught about sex is that I have absolute power over my body. <laughs> what I wish I'd been taught about sex is that I have absolute power over my body. Yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that last poem by Bangkok Rising wraps up this week's offering of poetry from our open mic night themed hashtag me too many featuring Bangkok Rising who brought the house down with a series of poems meant to highlight and commemorate Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women and Girls. Be sure to follow Bangkok Rising on Facebook and get involved with all of the important work they do year round. Hopefully, our story of Kali, the all-powerful ego destroyer, got you fired up to keep the good fight going. If you enjoyed this week's selection of poetry, be sure to come and see the real thing go down at our next live show. Our next show will feature Australian National Poetry Slam champion Zohab Z Khan. It'll be on Tuesday, November the 28th at Live Lounge on Sukumbit Soy 13. This is definitely one you won't want to miss. We'll now send you off with a song by hip-hop duo Nasi entitled She Got Chu. Thank you for joining us this week. May your week ahead bring you joy and fulfillment and may all your efforts this week bear their fruit. We'll be back next week and we'll see you then. She's got you. But you act thirsty Watch out sir, yes the swamp's murky Don't know what the fuck is lurking Pull that curtain, way too quick man Now her quicksand swallow you like serpents Please believe she's the reason you weaving Get to get to stepping, get to keep breathing Truth you're cruising at light speed Also polluting the whole damn sea Under attack, who might it be? It's the same company, a ragtag bunch that grabs our lunch and told poor Adam that it's bad at NC. Come do this. What you should do is call Cupid. 